G'day, welcome to the debut episode of the Geopolitics and Power podcast. This this episode is going to be covering China's plan to build a fucking huge canal through Nicaragua, spelling certain environmental catastrophe and really not much international upside. And to be frank, even barely any Chinese upside uh, this whole project is a little bit of a shit show, as we'll get into. Now, I'm not going to give you so many X's and O's on specific details. There obviously will be uh, some important specific details that are included, but a lot of the X's and O's is just something you're going to have to do more of your own research on. But as an overview and as a story, uh, what I'm most interested in is talking about what the sort of unwritten implications of this project are because it's way more than just a you know in air quotes good investment opportunity from some private chinese firm to build a big infrastructure project in nicaragua no this has huge geopolitical and power implications which obviously we're going to get into so basically the story is as follows in 2014 there a very unknown chinese man by the name of wang jin won a contract to realize the ambition of conquerors and economic hitmen for centuries. To build a canal connecting the Pacific to the east through the middle of canal to the Atlantic of the west. Now, before we get any further, you might think to yourself, and rightly so, why the hell would anyone want to build another canal because doesn't Panama have a canal it hasn't this problem of uh, shortcutting through Central America already been circumnavigated back in the uh, early was it 20th century building the Panama Canal yeah you would be right to ask that question and this is where the real implications come into it of why does China actually really want to build a canal but we will be touching on that later. But yes, just a couple countries to the south, uh, two or three, you have the Panama Canal. Nicaragua is bordered by Honduras and Costa Rica. And, you know, they make up that very thin stretch of land between Colombia and North America, Mexico, Guatemala, United States. So, so HKND, they're a Chinese company that we're going to learn more about soon. But it's the Hong Kong Nicaraguan Development Company. They want an exclusive contract to build an extremely wide and extremely deep canal through Nicaragua in order to make way for a future fleet of ever bigger tankers. So China's, uh, well, I shouldn't say China. Here's the thing. The the Hong Kong Nicaraguan Development Company insists that there is absolutely no Chinese oversight happening here. And it's just a private company doing private business. Um, but I will, you know, flippantly interchange between China's interests and HKND because they are totally aligned. They are exactly the same. But Why do they, is there a demand for better canals to take care of the bigger ships? Absolutely, there is a demand. And that's why Panama is undergoing and has been undergoing for quite a long time sort of renovations to deepen and widen their canal. So that's the sort of surface motivations that the the Chinese are sort of saying is the reason they need to build this canal. Um, Because it is true that Year on year, we are getting ever bigger tankers. These ships are crazy huge, unbelievably huge, and they require deeper and wider water to um, have safe fairing. So what are the most important threads from the story? How much corruption is at play here? What is the CCP motives and Chinese incentives? The shady nature of the money and and the fact that just exploitation is everywhere. But let's start off by asking the question, who the fuck is Wang Jin? 
because he's this why do these random chinese billionaires just pop up all the time and take charge of huge infrastructure projects well he's a chinese billionaire and telecom executive at beijing xinwei wang is also the board member of more than 20 companies and they operate in more than 35 countries. Now, the Chinese propaganda is gets hard to work here because Wang also claims just to be an ordinary Chinese citizen. He lives in Beijing with his mother, younger brother, and daughter, and claims to be totally relatable. He studied, without graduating, mind you, at the Shuangxi University of Traditional Chinese Medicine. I've always said you don't need a degrees. <laughs> there are far more questions than answers when it comes to Wang, but this is to be expected in China. We've seen this playbook before. However, relevant to Nicaragua, Wang is in charge of the HKND, the Hong Kong Nicaraguan Development Company. And the company is set to build this canal through the middle of Nicaragua. This giant half pipe through hundreds of kilometers of thick uh, rainforest. So let's pull in this thread where the CCP insists that they're not involved with this at all. And just highlight a few things. The Hong Kong Nicaraguan Development Group was created just before this giant infrastructure project was announced. So extremely good timing. Wang and the HKND are adamant that there are no Chinese interests at play and rather this is all just good private business. The Chinese incentive to own shipping route that intersects the Americas is enormous. The Panama Canal is too shallow and narrow, as we said a little bit earlier, to handle the new fleets of tankers coming out of China. Plus, and more importantly, the geopolitical power Panama, through US puppeteering, can exert on trade via their canal, gives throbbing erections of jealousy to the suits of the CCP. China is quickly becoming economic and cultural enemy number one, and things don't appear to be slowing down. China wants to exert its will on an ever-expanding net of people. They pay costs with every misstep, whether it's trade wars, sanctions, whatever. So if China can guarantee certainty in sailing through the middle of America without the, the need to rely on the graces of Panama, then China now has a little bit more leeway. They have a little bit more flexibility to afford bigger and bigger missteps, missteps and to exert themselves further and further. So this is about geopolitics and power. Don't be fooled into thinking otherwise. So that, that makes sense. Basically, what I'm suggesting here is that China's real motivation for having ownership over their own shipping route, canal, is a indication that they might be put they might be putting themselves in a position in the future where Panama might say no to Chinese ships. And it's very important for China who relies solely on their ability to be the manufacturing hub of the world and therefore their ability to trade efficiently throughout the world. So it matters a lot to them that they can cut through the middle of um, Latin America because if they took a hug the south of Argentina and, and Antarctica and come up around, it would increase the costs of all of their shipping. So it's very important that they can cut through the Americas. Uh, but if Panama says no, then this is very bad for them. So the fact that they want to build their own canal does suggest that they might be doing something which would force Panama through US puppeteering to say no, no Chinese ships available. So I hope that all makes sense. And I'll leave the question with you. Do you think China has anything to do with HKND and its access to $50 billion? Or are they, as Wang Jin insists, completely unrelated? To me, the answer is quite obvious. And look, we've seen this before as well. This is the type of private investment slash debt trap that has been China's playbook in Africa for decades. 
But let's just touch on the Panama Canal for a second. Connecting the oceans Pacific to the Atlantic historically meant you needed to hug around the South American tip and rub shoulders with Antarctica. The United States, similarly to the Chinese in Nicaragua now, made it happen in the early 20th century. The key difference, however, although equally arrogant to assert that you can just cut a half pipe through land connecting some oceans, is at least the Panama route offered a more environmental route, comparatively. I'm not going to for a second suggest that the Panama Canal was not an environmental catastrophe. However, there are a spectrum of catastrophes and the comparative damage that was done in Panama compared to what would be done in Nicaragua is marginal for reasons that I think I will touch on in a little bit. The Panama Canal is currently undergoing renovations to expand its capacity. So you might ask, well, then why is China going through such an effort to build their own if the new Panama Canal can eventually manage the wider and deeper ships? It's all geopolitics. For China to continue exerting its evil over people, they must be in control of certain trade routes. And if they rely on the Panama Canal, they also are relying on the USA. They know they cannot do this. It's really as simple as that. Let's touch on the environmental damage. So it doesn't take a particularly scientific mind to imagine just how devastating this project will be to Nicaragua's extremely beautiful, extremely diverse, and extremely untouched environment. Let's start with Lake Nicaragua. It is Central America's largest freshwater lake. It's home to an extremely diverse amount of fish. Thousands of people live on its shores, rely on its food. It's um, arguably the most important sort of uh, natural resource that Nicaragua has access to in their own country. So let's start with Lake Nicaragua. The canal intends to cut right through this beautiful lake. Okay, so... Best case scenario, they can chop in from the east and chop in from the west and there isn't a terrible uh, catastrophe and contamination of a hot ocean and a cold ocean into a freshwater lake. Best case scenario, more likely scenario is that there's leakage and the uh, biodiversity of this lake and the, the ecosystem of this lake will be destroyed, essentially, which again goes with the destruction of the lake, the jobs and the food of thousands of people. There are always second, third and fourth order effects to these things. And they are also usually unpredictable. If I'm just to play around with that idea, environmental catastrophe leads to the displacement of these thousands of people, leads to a leads to the having their arms twisted towards joining that rebel that rebellious movement, leads to maybe civil war. Or more likely, um, displacement of all these people leads to more pressure into illegal migration into the US. Right? More pressure into illegal migration into the US pushes more populist uh, political parties to take charge. Like, you never know. You never know what the third, fourth, fifth order effects of, a, of something can be. That's the whole point of them. But, however, we can pretty confidently assert that trying to build a canal through... Um, that connects a hot ocean and a cold ocean <laughs> through a extremely large freshwater lake is a terrible idea and should be avoided at all costs. And as reported by Wete Perez of the Humboldt Center, the environmental and human toll are significant. There would be significant impacts likely on Lake Nicaragua affecting 93 1,800 hectares of terrestrial ecosystems and 18,800 hectares of tropical rainforests in the Mesoamerican Biological Corridor, as well as the displacement of over 30,000 people. And then in my own words, 
Tracing a deep and wide canal through almost 200 kilometers of thick and wild Nicaraguan rainforest would spell the type of environmental damage unseen since the unregulated mining activities of the 19th century, meaning thousands of people and hundreds of communities completely displaced. The literal split of a country whose infrastructure already renders it a struggle to move, and most importantly, there is going to be no oversight. Okay, so just think about that for a second. You are chopping a half pipe through your country. How many tunnels and bridges do you expect are going to be built at the different intersections of this place? If I live on the southern side of the half pipe and work on the northern side of the half pipe, how much is my life going to be inconvenienced? It's impossible to argue that it won't be inconvenienced, but then the question becomes, to what degree is it inconvenienced? Is it inconveniencing me enough to force me to move? which again, the second, third, or fourth order effects, we don't know. Or is it simply just the more depressing case that it's going to take away whatever source of income I had before and my desperation therefore just increases, my poverty increases, my inability to feed my family and uh, pursue happiness totally decreases. And what could maybe fix these problems would be Big oversight, non-corrupt bodies, right? But who are the two people at play here? It's China and Nicaragua. Nicaragua. I, I'm not sure if these countries have a, an exemplary record when it comes to non-corruption and oversight. And I made a little comparison between what's happening here to the speculative mining of the early 19th century, so the 1800s. So I said, what made the speculative mining of the early 19th century in Latin America, Africa, and Australia so damaging was a lack of accountability that these big engineering firms had. There were no incentives to stop the illegal dumping and local labor exploitation. You know, as we saw, I mean, say in 1800s um, Africa, right, when they were mining diamonds and gold and gold in Australia and maybe iron in Australia and then whatever silver they were taking out of Latin America, all of these big ones. There wasn't international press putting pressure on, on the companies to do the right thing. There wasn't, you know, environmental consultants raising alarms about illegal dumping. There wasn't the same moral implication of exploiting local labor as we have now. So basically you just had this big private money funding these big private firms to go in, extract the resources. It doesn't matter how much environmental damage you do. It doesn't matter where you dump that toxic waste. You know, you don't even have to refill the hole. And you know what? You don't really have to pay the local labor either. Just feed them booze and some food. Basically, all of these really, really, really bad outcomes were, they came from the wrong incentives, first of all. Um, and the way that you can put in the right incentives is you have really non-corrupt, uh, oversight. And that oversight, for example, now in 21st century Australia, if you want to, if you want to open up a new, I don't know, coal mine, there's so much oversight that you're going to ensure that the least damage to the environment done is possible, that everyone involved in the project is going to be compensated fairly. These sort of things. That's only possible through having the incentive put in place from an oversight body who says, if you fuck up, you're ruined. That makes you, the, per the, the person actually digging the ground, incentivized to make sure you do everything the right way. So I say all this to say that Nicaragua with Chinese oversight, 
yeah, I don't think the environment and the local populace of Nicaragua are having their best interests taken into account. And it explains why so much more exploitation happens in developing countries and underdeveloped countries. Because it's it all comes down... I mean, Charlie Munger said this many times, show me the incentives and I'll show you the outcome. I mean, basically, incentives are the best sort of predictor we have for what the negative and positive outcomes are going to be. China could well build this canal and have all the geopolitical upside they want and have all the environmental downside uh, that comes along with it as well, but not really care because, I mean, they're not incentivized to care about it. The people that are incentivized to care about the environmental damage are people like you and me, people who don't have anything to do with this project or its financial implications, but simply our incentive is that we want to keep parts of the world beautiful (laughs) and we want to keep our our planet beautiful, like at least for me. I don't want the, 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 the pollution of Lake Nicaragua, even though I've never been there. It's, but that's where my incentives lie. You know, I am completely unincentivized to ensure that the Hong Kong Nicaraguan Development Fund uh, turns a nice, juicy profit. That is not in line with my incentives. So I hope that makes sense. That that I think that was like a like a worthwhile tangent to 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 point on. You know, there's no oversight here, which means that all of the big negatives that are possible are made far more likely. But we haven't addressed Nicaragua role, Nicaragua's role in all of this. So say you're the leader of Nicaragua and let's imagine the most optimistic scenario. There's no corruption at any level. No one gets exploited. Everyone is compensated fairly. No irreversible damage is done to the environment and thousands of evergreen, evergreen jobs are created in Nicaragua. Okay, absolute zero chance possibility, but just for the sake of playing the, the, the game, best case scenario. Is the trade-off with China still a good deal? I say no, and here's why. No matter how well-intentioned or altruistic China may present themselves at the negotiating table, what they ultimately want is power. Power over a key geopolitical piece of infrastructure. A piece of infrastructure that would define your nation. I mean, who thinks of Panama and not the canal? The worst case scenario is that there would be a battle over your canal, where thousands of your people perish, and the best case scenario, you are now a puppet of China and beholden to them for your prosperity. That's grim. That is not a good scenario. There's not worth whatever upside came from the develop from the construction of this piece of infrastructure. You lose your sovereignty to China, essentially. That might be a bit dramatic for me to say, but uh, as I play out the possibilities of what this piece of infrastructure could mean, Nicaragua essentially becomes the puppet of China. And that's a terribly grim position to be in, especially if China becomes a huge military opposition to America and the West. Because if Nicaragua is a puppet of China, well, they are kind of by proxy the enemy of these countries as well. So what's really happening here? Wang is coming under the hidden guise of Chinese interests and proposing to Nicaragua a promise to create prosperity to the people and political success to the leaders. It's done through a private firm with private money and at and only at the technical level completely separated from public interests. 
HKND will hire consultants and experts to compile reports that indicate this project could increase Nicaraguan GDP by X percent and provide X amount of jobs to X amount of disenfranchised communities. The project could yield all sorts of X upsides. It could be completed in X amount of time at X amount of cost with only X amount of environmental damage. This is like classic debt trap, debt trap diplomacy, economic hitman stuff. You can lie with statistics. We know this. How often are economic and infrastructure predictions ever correct? When is a project ever completed on time or on budget? So even though HKND will get in the experts, the scientific consultants, the geologists, the financiers, they'll get all of them to compile the reports to say exactly how it's going to go. We know that these are just predictions. And look at the incentives again. They're the best case predictions, the best case scenarios from the people who have the interests to have this project completed. So what's really happening here is, you know, Hedge knocks on the Nicaraguan president's door and gives him all of these um, reports to prove to him that, oh, this project is actually going to be just fine. And they go ahead and do the project and it turns out everything fucks up. And now Nicaragua is... Their balls are deep. They, they can't back out now. And so then the scenario just sort of plays out as everyone knew it was going to play out at the beginning, but they were somehow, you know, wooed into it by the seductive reports of GDP growth. I was reading online that this project could potentially double Nicaragua's GDP, which actually is feasibly possible. Nicaragua doesn't have a very impressive GDP and all of a sudden attracting international trade routes through their country actually could genuinely be great for the community, but for how much of the community as well is the question we need to ask. But let's look at, in reality, when it's all said and done, what this project would actually look like from my estimation. So maybe GDP increased, sure, but it will be less than you were quoted and it will certainly be unevenly distributed. The project took five more years than predicted, which stretched financing, so local labor was the first cost to be chopped. There was unforeseen cracks in the walls and, whoops, massive spill and irreversible environmental damage for which you will not be financially compensated. Jobs might come, but just as quickly as they can be given, they can be taken away. Oh, and we're not going to bring over Chinese for all the technical... Oh, and we're going to bring over our own Chinese labor for all the technical labor, therefore not increasing the skill set of your own populace. Therefore, the evergreen jobs that you were promised, yeah, that's all bullshit. You're just going to be lifting logs and digging holes because this is the local labor because we're not going to go through the costly process it would take for us to educate you to be able to do this job properly. And plus, most of the profits of this canal's operations are actually going to go back to HKND, in brackets, China, and the corrupt politicians of Nicaragua. And then maybe if some is left over, some Nicaraguans might see a little bit of it. Much more grim scenario, but the sad case is that's also more likely in reality. But it's not all bad news. I think this actually might uh, end really well because the project is yet to begin. (laughs) So it was meant to be finished two years ago, yet it has yet to begin. So this is good. Hopefully... The Panama Canal will be will have its construction completed and widened and deepened. So the sort of facade excuse that China is using for the necessity to build the Nicaraguan Canal can go out the window, and it will make them much harder to justify this on an international um, stage. But at the end of the day, this is between Nicaragua and China. 
Nicaragua are the second poorest nation in the Western Hemisphere. All they have is their natural resources. So hopefully this does not go ahead, but hope does not determine these things. Only time will tell. China's continued aggression does signal to me that this project is more likely to go ahead than not. But then again, predictions are also following. So that's episode numero uno. I um I had a lot of fun writing this piece, learning about it, and now speaking about it here. Please contact me on Twitter for feedback. I want to hear positive, but I also want to hear negative. Negative is okay because it's what makes us improve. So please, yeah, contact me. And also, if you have ideas for episodes, cool, just send them over and I'll I'll quickly turn them around into a fun little episode. Look in the podcast description for a link to my website. Subscribe to the newsletter. It's only good shit on there. And pump your good juice into the algorithm. Let the algorithm know that people like the podcast. And um, ciao. You're all legends for listening this far through. Oh, and subscribe to the podcast. Just subscribe to the podcast because that's actually the most important thing. So before you turn this off, swipe up your phone, subscribe to the podcast. That's all from me. Ciao.